Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free, for rescuing me, for giving us life, for opening our eyes, for entering our hearts, for setting us apart. We love you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. As we come closer and closer to the end of another year, it can mean only one thing. Christmas is almost here. Today we begin a new series called Christmas Playlist. Now, most of you who know me know that I border on being a Grinch when it comes to the holidays. I'm not a fan of the holidays. This series is also my final series as the pastor of this church. And don't let that irony go by that my final series is a Christmas series. Probably my least favorite of all the series, Christmas from a Grinch. So most of you know what a playlist is. You know, when you're listening to music in your car or working out or at work, you select songs and you put them on a playlist. And today, if we had to select songs for an all-time best Christmas playlist, chances are we could agree on many of those selections. But did you know that most of, our, of the most famous, most of our favorite Christmas songs point to Jesus? See, while celebrating Christmas, we're remembering the incarnation of Jesus. Whether you've never heard this story before or you've heard it a thousand times, I'm grateful that you're here with us as we begin this new series. So today, we're going to start with one of the most well-known Christmas songs of all time, the first, Noel. And throughout this series, we're not going to unpack the songs themselves. Rather, we're going to look at the biblical meaning and the significance of each of them going to be a bit of a twist on your traditional Christmas series, but I think it's one that hopefully will be enjoyable and encouraging to all of us. So let's get started. We're going to go to where most Christmas stories begin, Luke chapter 2, probably the most read gospel account during the Christmas season, because Luke's account gives us some remarkable details about the birth of Jesus. And in this part of the story, we learn that the good news is shared with some simple shepherds. Here's what Luke tells us. And there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were not terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. This is a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor 
rest. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The good news that the Bible speaks of, what is it? What, is, what does it mean for us living here today? See, it's the first Noel. Jesus coming into this world, even as a baby boy, meant God in the flesh had arrived. I want to tell you a little bit about this good news today and what it means for our lives. See, the good news promises joy. And there's a difference between joy and happiness. So often we focus on being happy. But what we really need to focus on is finding joy. Let me tell you a story that I read that, that illustrates this difference. There's a young couple who had been married for a few years, and they were expecting their first child. They were happy and excited about this new addition to their family. They'd prepared everything for the child's arrival, the nursery, the clothes, the toys. They were ready. They prayed for a, a healthy and a safe delivery, and the day came when the wife went into labor. They rushed to the hospital. Their baby was born, but there was a problem. The baby had a rare genetic disorder that caused severe physical and mental disabilities. The doctor came into the room and told them that the baby would need constant care and attention and probably would not live past a year. The couple was devastated. They had dreamed of a perfect baby, a happy and a normal life. They felt angry and sad and confused and hopeless. They wondered, why would God allow this to happen to them? They questioned their faith, their love. They felt that their happiness had been shattered. They went to see the baby in the intensive care unit and it was hooked up to machines and tubes and, and looked frail and weak. They held their baby in their arms and they cried. They felt a mix of emotions, love, pity, grief, guilt, fear. They didn't know what to do or what to say. And then they noticed a letter was taped to the baby's crib. It was from one of the nurses. And this is what the letter said. Dear parents, I know this is a very difficult time for you. I know you're hurting and confused. I know you had different plans and expectations for your baby. But I want you to know that your baby is a precious gift from God. He's a miracle and a blessing. He's not a mistake. He's not a curse. He is a child of God created in his image and loved by him. I don't know why God allowed this to happen to your baby. I don't have all the answers, but I do know that God has a purpose and a plan for your baby's life. I do know that God can use your baby to touch many lives and to glorify his name. I do know that God can give you the strength 
and the grace to face this challenge. I do know that God can fill your hearts with joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. You see, joy is not the same as happiness. Happiness depends on what happens to us. Happiness is based on our circumstances, our feelings, our desires. Happiness can change from day to day and moment to moment. Happiness can be taken away by bad news, a loss, a disappointment. But joy is different. Joy is based on who God is. Joy is rooted in our relationship with Him. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, a gift of God. Joy is not affected by what happens to us. Joy is constant, stable, and lasting. Joy can be experienced even in the midst of pain, suffering, and sorrow. The Bible says in James chapter 1, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let your perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The Bible also says in Romans chapter 15, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you will choose joy over happiness. I pray that you will trust God and his promises. I pray that you will love your baby and cherish every moment with him. I pray that you will see your baby as God sees him, a beautiful and a wonderful creation. May God bless you and your baby with love, your nurse. See, maybe today, maybe today, maybe so far this morning, everything has gone according to plan. You know, the kids got dressed for church in time without any fights. Your spouse hasn't aggravated you yet. Everything has gone as planned. But I hate to break it to you. Something will happen today that wasn't planned. Something will happen today that will test your patience. Something will happen that may try to ruin your good mood. See, it's in those moments that we begin to understand the difference between happiness and joy. God doesn't want us to settle for something that comes and goes. He wants to grant us something that will last for all of eternity. This is the promise of the good news. It's exactly what the angel of the Lord was saying to these shepherds who are minding their own business out in the field when the good news will bring, will bring great joy. This is what the Bible says elsewhere, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. We find that in Nehemiah. Where Nehemiah says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. 
This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, when we decide to not only hear the good news of Jesus' coming and crucifixion and resurrection, but when we hold on to it, the joy that God gives us through obedience becomes our very source of strength. It's probably why Paul said it this way. He said, that is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, when we accept and believe the good news of Jesus Christ, we are meant to radiate that joy that we're promised, which only comes from the Lord. Would you like some more good news this morning? Because it doesn't have to stop there. The good news results in praise. Let's revisit the, the immediate outcome of the angel delivering to the shepherds that good news. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. See, the Bible says that the angel was joined by a, a vast host of others, an army from heaven. And what were they doing? They were praising God. We must understand that when we come to accept and believe the good news of Jesus, it should lead us into praising God for that magnificent gift. I want you to think for a second about a time when the gospel became real to you. It could be many different times, but just think of one of those. And when I was thinking about it this week, what, I was, what came to my mind was when COVID hit. Seems like an odd one, doesn't it? See, when COVID hit, this church was kind of at its apex. The numbers were amazing. The worship was amazing. Thing, everything was going up and to the right. And then COVID hit. We couldn't meet. We couldn't see each other. We couldn't be with each other. But that was a moment for me when the gospel came, became real, when worship became real, when we've had it so easy all of our lives with no persecutions, unlike many other countries. This was a kind of the first time that it really sunk in what the gospel meant, that what it really means to worship God, to praise God. It's like no other time. See, that's, that's my story. But one thing I do know is that your story and my story has a lot in common. See, we both either came to an understanding of the gospel, or one day we will come to an understanding of the gospel. Maybe today you've never heard Jesus talked about in this way. Maybe you always knew a little bit about his death and resurrection, but it never really sunk in. The reason this promise of Jesus' birth is the good news 
doesn't have to do with Luke chapter 2 when it was announced. Instead, it goes back to the Old Testament to fully understand its significance. In Isaiah, we read this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. See, the promise is made and written in the book of Isaiah 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And even then, God was prophesying that one day he would come in the flesh. Emmanuel. We'll talk more about that later on in the series, but can you imagine? Can you imagine how much praise must have been given to God when the good news was announced as a reality 700 years after it was prophesied? Finally, the Messiah, God in the flesh, was here to walk amongst his people. And even now, even now, we as God's people can participate in this continuous praise of God for granting us this gift of Jesus. It's an invitation into something more than just ourselves. The good news truly invites us in. We read about the angel's response to the good news but what about the shepherds? What was their response? Here's what we read. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. See, they had the faith to believe that the Lord had indeed spoken to them. And because of this, they could not stay silent. They could not stay still. They had to go and see for themselves what this amazing promise was all about. In fact, today, all these years later, we have a similar invitation. Do you believe that God has spoken to you today? Do you believe that he prophesied about Jesus many years ago? Do you believe that Jesus came to this very earth, as the Bible says? Do you accept and understand the good news? And then, what are you going to do about it? See, believing is one thing, but the shepherds didn't just say, we believe, and then stay out in the fields. They believed, and they acted on that belief. So if you believe, are you acting on it? See, I believe this is the good news. It invites us, you and I, into something that this world could never offer us, something eternal and everlasting, something that will bring great joy to our lives, something that will grant us the peace that we have been craving for, something that calls us to have faith to believe that it's true. The good news, the first Noel, is Jesus Christ. Today, I don't claim to know about your story, about your hurts, your goals, and your dreams. However, I do know 
that every single person today, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, we are confronted with the exact same question at some point in our lives. Do you believe and accept this message as good news? And if so, and you've never invited Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, I want to lead you in a prayer in a second to accept Christ. The Holy Spirit will then come into your life to convict you, to comfort you, and to lead you down the greatest journey that you could ever take. The promise is that you will never be alone. Jesus will always be with you. The Spirit will guide you, and your brothers and sisters in the faith will walk beside you, no matter what it is you're going through. So believe and act. Jesus, we are so grateful that you were born, that you lived, that you ultimately traded your life so that we could experience eternal life. Help us to believe. Help us to praise you and help us to act upon that belief. Let us be humble like you. Let us be loving like you. And let us be filled with grace like you, Jesus. Amen.